been a real joy to be able to share with you guys um, from my heart. I'm going to share with you guys from a passage this morning that will not be unfamiliar to you. Uh, it comes from 1 Corinthians, and it really does, you know, when you're doing a conference for the first time, you, you get the the easy pitches uh, when it comes to choosing a scripture for a devotional. Um, Paul here is writing a letter to a church um, in the Roman city of Corinth, um, which was which was just well known for its debauchery, right? It was just, it was well known for being in the hotbed of, uh, of Roman entertainment in all forms. And the Romans were just, they were experts at ecstasy, right? They just, they, they built their lives and their cities around it. So in 2011, uh, into 2012, um, my mother and I had a chance to travel with, uh, the college that I got my undergraduate at to Israel for a, a archaeological tour. And we visited Caesarea Maritima on the Mediterranean Sea one evening. And we're on the Mediterranean Sea and the Roman aqueducts are coming down. The sun is setting over the Mediterranean. And uh, I couldn't get away from the fact that it was very, very clear what the Romans had oriented their lives around um, over a thousand years later, <laughs> Right. There's a, the remnants of a swimming pool that goes out into um, where they had made a place for ships to come in, right, out, in, out into the water um, where people would go and lounge. Uh, the whole city was oriented around the place where they would race chariots. Uh, the stadium seating dominated the area. Um, you could see the remnants of the ruins of the old temples where they would do pagan worship. Um, which was just another opportunity to to seek and to find pleasure as a Roman, um, and this was sort of the 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 central theme in a lot of the Roman cities, right? Uh, was entertainment and uh, was ecstasy, which isn't a, a whole heck of a lot unlike some of the world that we experience today. Um, although some of those meeting places aren't necessarily in, in the centers of town, some of those meeting places are online or at conferences or um, you know at meetups and, and things of that nature. It looks a little bit different. But this is the culture that Paul is writing to. And he says this as he, as he writes to the church in Corinth, which w- probably wouldn't have been a whole, whole lot unlike Caesarea Maritima back in the day. It says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share in their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessings. I want to highlight this little part here where he says, when I am with the people who are not Jewish, who do not follow the law. I do not follow the law. And for a man who was raised under a a very, very well-known rabbi. Paul, you know, Paul, for instance, is a, is a Jewish boy. You would come up memorizing the scriptures and then 
the moment of truth, you would seek out a rabbi and you would say, can I follow you? And that rabbi would decide yes or no, if you could. And then you took on the yoke of that rabbi's teaching and you would learn from him over years. And then later in life, if somebody came to you and said, by what authority are you here teaching in the synagogue? You would say, it's under the authority of the rabbi that I studied under, under his yoke. And those yokes of teaching would be handed down from generation to generation, from one young Jewish boy to the next young Jewish boy who studied under a rabbi. And so for Paul to say, listen, all of that, studying under a well-known rabbi, being a reputable Pharisee, being perfect in Pharisaical law, um, not just following the laws of the Torah, but also following all of the additional laws that my people have added, all of those laws that we talked about yesterday morning. Um, I walk away from all of those things to become like those who do not follow the law. In the Christian world, especially in the United States, and maybe this isn't the case in other places, we, some, we, we tend to have this weird expectation that people who do not claim to follow Jesus should in some way, shape, or form still act like Jesus. Um, and I don't know if that's just cultural or, or what it is, but it does seem stupid to me because I just want to be really clear. If I wasn't a follower of Jesus, I would not act anything like Jesus. And so when we go into places that we're going to go out from this place, right? So hopefully we've been inspired. Hopefully you've been encouraged. Hopefully you've made some good connections, right? All of those sorts of stuff. But when we go out from this place at, at the end of NCMS, this week. Um, we're going to go back out into those, into those places, into those, into those places that are surrounded and, and just focused on the, on the Coliseum. They're going to be focused on the horse race, right? They're going to be focused on the pools. They're going to be focused on entertainment and ecstasy. And if we go out into those places thinking and assuming that people should live by and obey the same things that we live by and obey when they don't follow Jesus... And if we can't meet them where they are, and if we can't say, listen, all of, all of the cultural Christianity that makes me comfortable and that I enjoy, I will set all of my cultural Christianity aside so that I might become like you. I won't disobey the law of Christ. I'll continue to follow what Jesus says, but all of the cultural Christianity that I have picked up along the way, the things that make me feel a little bit more safe, the stuff that makes me feel, man, I just feel a little bit more comfortable in this environment, that I'm willing to set all of those things aside so that I can become like you, nerd. So that by all means, that some of you nerds might also come to know Jesus Christ. There are certain things as followers of Jesus that we have the ability to step into, and there are certain things as followers of Jesus that we just get to obey. And I love Paul's heart to say, listen, I, this is all that I've known. Let me just tell you, Paul would have felt very comfortable sitting with the Pharisees, judging people from on high. Following Jesus is very rarely the easier path. It's just always the better one. I am yet to experience a time in my life where I really felt like I was walking with the Spirit and was comfortable simultaneously. 
God just seems to consistently push us outside of our comfort zone where we must depend on him because the currency of his kingdom is and will always be the faith of his people. He's limited by no resource, no material wealth. There's nothing that can stop his kingdom moving forward, but he depends on the faith of his people. And we very rarely depend on faith when we're comfortable. And so if there are ways that we can set aside in the next weeks and months and years or until the next NCMS, that we can set aside our comfortable Christian culture so that we may step into and pick up and become like, to become like, so that by all means we might save some. I hope and pray that if there's something you take out of this time together, that it would be that, that there are people who are worthy of knowing Jesus and hearing the gospel. And they're not just notches on our belt, They're real people with real stories and real hurts and a real spiritual journey. And we're called to love them first, right? To share with them the experiences that we've had with Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit that some of them might learn that Jesus isn't everything that they thought he was, but that God might work through us in some weird and mystical way to open their hearts to the power of the Spirit and salvation. It's a beautiful thing, and ultimately everything that we're doing here is, in the end of the day, let's be real. It's great to gather, it's great to shake hands, it's great to connect, it's great to collaborate. But it's all about people who do not yet know Jesus, who can be welcomed into the kingdom and can help us rebuild a broken world, that it might be restored, that we might one day meet Jesus face to face, and as the bride of Christ, we might join him together, brothers and sisters, hand in hand in the feast at the banquet, Jerusalem at the end. And that there'll be more of our brothers and sisters who are nerds who are sitting hand in hand with us because we just chose to set aside what's comfortable, step out of it in faith, and to meet people where they are. <laughs>